0: Hey folks, how's it going? To welcome into another lovely Joe podcast, Pro Football Ireland. Jeff Reinbold show. Michael McQuid. Jeff Reinbold. Uh Actually, ironically, the time this is going out, Jeff, my friend, welcome. Um, one week after the NFL drafts, where are you for a start, man? Where on earth? Where on this earth are you?
1: I'm in another airport. This is my fourth airport in the last eighteen hours. So. <laughs> Uh, it's crazy, but that's the life we lead, man. It's it's all good. How are you doing, Michael?
0: Doing good, sir. Uh, obviously, and you know, I, I say this off camera, but I'll I'll say it publicly. To the people here um really appreciate you coming on last Thursday night for the drafts, and I know a lot of people really really enjoyed it. And then people at the draft party on Friday were so complimentary of you being on. But uh, yeah, it was just it was it was great crack, and uh, hey bro, let's do the game.
1: 42,000 views was the last I saw. And that was the night we did it. That is so amazing. You have done such a great job in Ireland, getting people motivated and into the NFL. And it's a great, like, I'm just telling you, that's the hottest property in Europe right now.
0: <laughs> Ireland in general or, 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 or the NFL or what's the...
1: <laughs> no, I just, I, I just really think that for, for the NFL, they... You got to take a look at that man. That's that's some serious numbers to throw up on a draft podcast. And you know, Sky's doing their broadcast and you can get ESPN and you can get NFL Network and all of it and yet 42,000 people, over 42,000 people the last time I checked, jumped in to to hear your podcast and and to watch it on TV.
0: But Jeff, I I I obviously, you know, on record <laughs> Appreciate everything that you've done for for fans here and and throughout uh, not just Ireland but the UK and Europe. You you can see at like another level and such and there's been such good feedback for your people strapped as well so it's it's definitely an exciting time for fans and we're going to come up with a couple of parts to different podcasts over the next few days before we roll on a different slant next week and we're going to bring the jeff rainbow show back next week we're doing a dual podcast today and this is going out in pfi plus jeff which is like this like new subscriber thing that i have so people like fred flunk are going to hear this first so Hello to him uh, and, and everybody else has subscribed. However, um let's jump into this round one because it's one thing, Jeff. Like, let's be clear here. W- whenever I went on to speak to you last week, I was um, as we say in Ireland on fumes, mate. Like I was I was I was ready for my bed and, and, and you definitely kept me going. And 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 I know Connell and, and, and everybody you come on kept us going all night. But um Jeff, I think I, I got to maybe Sunday. And i actually sat back and, and i looked at the picks in the first round and i thought some some really really interesting picks and, and i know the story is text is the Houston Texans and what they've done in the first few picks, but just to start off with, you know, you know, looking at the Carolina Panthers and and, and getting Bryce Young in, have you seen the reaction in Carolina since they signed him? They opened up the stadium, they've they've got him in as a obviously as a number one pick, but the, the amount that they're putting on to him and and the expectations on his shoulders, that's a hell of a division to go into, Jeff. Having Carolina,
1: well, I, I tell you what, if. if <laughs> If I'm Bryce Young, I'd rather be in that division than the a f c east I mean you know <laughs> you're talking about a division where you can you can really make some traction in your first year and i you know I think this is what fans gotta understand when you take a guy number one right that's a whole nother level of attention a whole another level of pressure a whole another level of expectation and you know clubs don't want to te- temper the expectation in the old days man they used to say well we'll draft him first and you know we'll let him sit for a year and learn how to be a pro and all that stuff now guys like Bryce Young and CJ Stroud they got to come in and they got to be players not now right now
0: yeah and it's it's funny because you're talking with CJ Stroud as well that starts the whole Texan situation and talk about having cojones for for Dimeco Ryan's management team in Houston you know obviously we were live last week and we sort of reacted to it in time but looking back on it Jeff nobody really seen this coming there was obviously talk about Arizona shopping the pick but the Texans who were already picking second going up and doing it going up and doing it I mean obviously bringing in CJ Stride, Will Anderson Jr there are still big holes to fill in this franchise but I'd love to know from, from from a guy that's as experienced in the league as you are and experienced in the sport, Jeff, as you are, how much of a move could the Texans make this year, even with those two draft picks and just the momentum that they now have?
1: Well, I think it's, it's so unique because you're in a division, like I say, that, you know, it's just wide open. I mean, it is wide ass open. And. You know, how much better is Indianapolis going to be? Tennessee's going through a total rebuild. I mean, you're in a situation where you can make some hay. And, you know, I think, you know, this is what is interesting to me when I look at the Texas situation. You know, they've had two one-and-done head coaches, right? And now as I look at the way they behaved on draft day, Michael, I really believe that that was all part of a long-term plan to position themselves in such a way that they could get an elite quarterback and then go out and get another fin- found foundational piece, Will Anderson Jr., by being real aggressive. Because that hasn't been uh, Sergio's, you know, mode of operation previously. But I think they now believe that they're ready. They've gotten the cap space. They've gotten, the, you know, the, the Sean Watson deal brought them, you know, all kinds of trade value and, you know, draft value. And so this is a team that I think is on on the way up. And I, and if you're a Texans fan, you gotta be excited about the way this thing is unfolded.
0: We're not going to go through every 31 players picked in the first round. We, we, what, because we, we've got half an hour for this podcast. So we will try and try and cherry pick and and sort of go around folks if you're listening to this we, we can't hear jeff's bird today in the background but he's in an airport in case you're wondering if you hear any loud noises but so far so good jeff Um, the one that really intrigues me is and maybe maybe you're going to tell me like to, to what to wise the bap or wise up as i say jeff Um, the indianapolis colts select a guy at four that's had that has got 13 starts in college with his whole background but yet they're saying the way that she and Steichen can coach and build up players and the schemes. They're saying that this guy with his ability to run his very good passing attack. They're saying that Richardson is the like you know one of the perfect fits in this draft. But surely this is going to take time. Like like everyone, you're bringing in Steichen for a start, never mind Richardson. We it just feels like Jeff. And I I, I I am not being negative in any way, shape, or form. I like the Colts. I like what they're doing in Indianapolis. They they sort of put it all on the table last year. Ballard's doing the same thing again this year. But, Jeff, it feels like we've been here before, not just last year, but a few years ago. And, and they're going to need luck on their side, excuse the pun.
1: Bro, let me just say this. I have much, much respect for Chris Ballard. Ballard. Much <laughs> respect for Chris Ballard. This thing to me speaks of Jim Mercy. That's what I hear. Um, I know some of the coaches that were with the Colts last year and how that whole thing went down. And I think Jim Mercy is getting to the point where he feels desperate. and He's like drawing, pulling at straws. Michael, you know, look at the tape. Go through the statistics. Look at the player. I mean, does he have a high ceiling? Yeah. I mean, he's got an incredibly high ceiling. But he's also got a really low floor, right? And right now, he ain't dancing on the ceiling. He's dancing on the floor. And it ain't going to get easier when he plays against NFL players. Because, yes, he played in the SEC. And, yes, I have often said this is the best league in college football. He was a sub 55% completion guy. He has a limited body of work. You see too many missed layups. It ain't gonna get easier when he gets to the NFL, right? And you can say, well, you know, it's a bad division and you know, yada yada yada. These cats are all getting paid, right? These are these are grown men playing the game and making their living at it, right? So you know, I just this one really, really to me was like, I could, like I, I saw it and I was like fourth. Are you kidding me? What has he done on film to say he's a he's worthy of the fourth pick in the draft? You know. I just like I hope it works out for the kid. I really do. And I hope it works out for Chris Ballard, because this kind of pick could be your last one as a GM. Yeah. yeah. If it doesn't work out.
0: It's for me, it's the big, it's a big question mark coming out of this draft. And I, I think you're spot on I and mean, you've got the social media slash TikTok it right there, Jeff. It's a Jim Mercer pick. It seems like it big time. And um, I I guess the question honestly is, man, like if you are Seattle and you're picking a five and Anthony Richardson still on the board. Would John Snyder have picked him? Is the big question in my opinion. Probably I not. Don't,
1: I don't think so. I don't think so. And I think what the Seahawks did was smart. I think the Seahawks, you know, they took the best corner on the board. Witherspoon is the best player on the board. Now, I thought they might have gone for, you know, an inside pass. Richard Carter was there. He could have. Mm. They could have taken him. I think with Maurice Kelly and. You know, as good as they are in terms of taking guys that are, you know, quote, tough guys to, you know, to coach, they've always done a great job with those guys. If you go back to the Legion of Boom, hey, that ain't, that wasn't no group of choir boys playing defense on that team, right? And, you know, they, they put their differences aside and they put their egos aside and they, you know, Pete got them all to pull in the same direction and, you know, so strong personalities like Richard Sherman and strong personalities like Michael Bennett, they were able to, you know, you know, understand their role and play inside their role and, and they won a Super Bowl that way. And if they hadn't, you know, screwed up the play call on the goal line against New England, they won two in a row. Right. So yeah, I I really thought that, you know, that there was no way they were going to take Richards and I thought witherspoon was a smart choice. Pete loves his DBs, and, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how this whole thing shakes down. But, like, there's so many good stories in this first round, Mike. You know, you look at the Eagles, man. I thought the Eagles did a great job. The Eagles, they just keep stockpiling pass rushers because they know in the National Football League, you got to be able to rush the passer. And they've got a strong locker room. You know, they, they've got a locker room that can take some of those – tough guys, you know, those Mm -hmm. guys that require a lot of energy, those guys that, you know, had issues in college, all of that stuff. Because when you go into that locker room, you're walking into a team that was in the Super Bowl last year. This ain't a bunch of guys that just, you know, can't play the game. This is a legitimate elite franchise in the NFC. And so no matter who you are, when you walk in there, you got to, you'll understand real flat, real fast, when Fletcher Cox walks in the room, who the lead, you know, who the alpha male is.
0: I'm going to stick on the Seahawks for just one second because obviously, outside of all this crack, I'm a Broncos fan and, and they get picks. They, they get that pick at five, for example, right? Forget about the pick at five, great pick. They get a bona fide WR 1 and 20 in Jackson Smith and Jacob. Like, Yeah, I mean, like,
1: think about Did think they about win it. the first round, Jeff, is the well, question? I think, that, I think that's one of the teams you got to say did or or you could and again we won't know for three years but just based on everybody's board and mine included jigba was the number one receiver and you know spoon was the number one db how often do you get that ever right and the seahawks were able to pull it off the team that was shocking to me was my lions like I, i mean i just when when they're sitting there and and Carter's within their grasp, and then they Hmm. trade down and then trade back up to get a running back that probably would have been on the board in the second round. It just didn't make sense to me. Now, then they take Campbell, the inside linebacker from Iowa, who I think is a really good player. But they got too many other need areas for that pick at that time, in my opinion, because, again, he's a guy that was going to be on the board in the second round.
0: If I I fully agree with you, especially on the player and, and the position and where he is in the draft, for me it's like you're in the you're sitting in Detroit. You've already got that pick for Jared Goff or whatever back in the day, and. Uh, Jargoff, Muffy Stafford, sorry, back in the day, and you're sitting there and you see the Cardinals are on the phone and it's like that movie draft day. And with all due respect to Cardinals fans, there's two lads, two great lads, Mark Hogan, Jason Hayes. Jason was on the show last week during the draft. They're both big Cardinals men. Jeff, you see the Cardinals ringing, you know what they've done. If they, you're gonna try and you know it's it's like a wet wet tile. You're gonna squeeze out for every inch of water you can get. So I I fully agree. I, I can see why they've done that. I wonder was there not maybe not a panic but when you see bijan robinson going at eight to the falcons and jesus that that's a story for a start you know tyler we, t- we talked about this last week you got cordell patterson tyler as and now bijan B- B- robinson i'll be able to pronounce his name by september don't worry jeff but um that division is just so so intriguing i guess um you know sort of rolling through this first round I think one that stands out to me, and it's one that you talked about both leading up to this draft on your own show, Jeff, people's draft as well, um, was Skoronsky, you know, potentially staying at home in Chicago. And the big one for me was, you know, the Bears sit in the ten, the Bears sit in the ten, And um, wow, you know, you wonder the Eagles picked you and Carter at nine. So you're all going right, Well, Carter's off the board. Surely they have to protect the quarterback here, but give Justin Fields a chance. And they go for Darnell Wright. Now, Darnell, Darnell Wright's a hell of a player. Don't get me wrong. It's the first round of the NFL draft. But surely the fairy tale would have been to keep Skoronsky there. Guy playing in the Big Ten, playing in Northwestern. C- c- sort of continuation of that. But um, I don't know. I'd say deep down, Skoronsky was gutted, man. No?
1: Well, I, I, you know what? It's interesting, bro, when you think about it, because there would have been a lot of pressure on them to keep Skaransky in Chicago. The fan base would have wanted that, right? He's a local kid. He played high school football there. He played at Northwestern. He's you know, rated in the top three tackles on everybody's board. I thought he was a guard first, but I thought he, regardless of where he played him, he was going to be a great player. They went a different direction, and this is where I give them credit, was they said, no, we need a specific kind of tackle. They want a long-bodied, athletic guy that can dance with the best pass rushers in the ball, right? That's not Skronsky. Skronsky's a shorter, shorted arm, more an inside guy, still a great technician, still a great player. I'm not saying he's a bad player, but, you know, to be able to stand up and... Make that selection, knowing that the fan base really wants the other guy. That shows me a little bit. That's, you know, again, time will tell, right? So if Wright turns in be a pro bowler like you think he has the potential to be, all, all powerful to him. Skronsky goes to Tennessee, and three years from now, if you and I are doing this podcast, and we're talking about Skronsky's, a, you know, an all-pro, and Wright's, you know, flamed out, you know, everybody's going to point to that pick and say it's a horrible pick. Hey, Becton, right? Mackay Becton did not get his fifth-year option picked up this week, right? What's that tell you about him? He was the 11th player picked in the draft. So this is not an exact science by a long, by a long stretch.
0: We'll definitely be in the podcast in three years, Andrew. don't worry. From from wherever I am, from where you are, we'll we'll be doing (laughs) it. Come on, man. Definitely have to. Like, I was saying, uh, I I met the PFI once on a Friday night in Dublin and met met Connell. He was on with us. His, I have to say, Connell's analysis was unreal overnight, just from hearing an Irish lad coming out and talking like that was unreal. He was saying to him, Jeff, we have to do it in person. So I think we should do it in person next year. We'll try and fly you over on like economy, 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 like for 47 (laughs) hours. and the, the one red line I had for you, my friend, was, and it wasn't a badness, it was just because of commitments, et cetera, was stopping the live stream at 3 a.m. So, you know, getting up on the Friday morning and seeing that uh, the Buffalo Bills who need, they're, they're not that far away. There are obviously <laughs> positions on both sides of the ball that you want to try and pick up and, and, and really bring this team to the next level. Jesus, Jeff, you know, Dalton for Utah tight end, like that's a guy at 25 shows you the value that you can get post pick 15, post pick 15, sorry, post pick 16 when the teams that were better the year before, sometimes have slim pickings, not, not this year. That's a hell of a pick at 25 for the, the Utah tight end.
1: Oh, no question, man. That guy is a legit player. He's a great story too, Mike. Here's a kid that, that goes to non-scholarship University of San Diego out of high school. And then, you know, transfers to Utah to take a shot at Division One. Well, not only does he take a shot, I mean, he hits a bullseye and comes out of it. In, initially, he was like rated two or three at tight end. Mayer and some of those guys were above him. Then as the process continued and, his, and you know, people saw how athletic he was. And then he got a clean bill of health about two weeks in, before the draft on his back. And all of a sudden, he vaults past all those guys to become the number one. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's what you want the draft to be. And, it, you know, for the Bills, that's a huge get for that. I mean, a huge get. Here's, what I, here's my takeaway with the Bills, though. How much did they improve the interior defensive line? How much is that? You know, because when you watch them at the end of the year, when people got after them, what did they do? They ran the football at him. No, Mike Milano's an undersized, he's a strong, college strong safety playing world backer, right? They did not fill the need at middle linebacker that they came into the draft with. And so, you know, Brandon Bean, I heard him say the other day on on a podcast that it just didn't break their way. Well, you know, you got to look at it. Sometimes you got to be aggressive and make it break your way and go up and get the guy that you want, right? so you know it wasn't a great linebacker class and the inside guys you know all of them had some sort of question to them but if they don't stop the run better in buffalo it doesn't matter how many yards Josh Allen's going to throw for because you're not going to outscore Patrick Mahomes you're not going to outscore you know the Cincinnati Bengals it's going to be tough to outscore the San Diego Chargers you know Denver's going to be better I'm if you're in the AFC, bro, I'm telling you, it is like
0: it's more stocked than a thing of pancakes and IHOP, Jeff. It is stock. Yeah. Stacked. It's
1: unbelievable. It's unbelievable. You think about it, man. And then now you take Aaron Rodgers and toss him in the mix, right? And Mac Jones and Tua. And you know, I mean, it's just you do it's ridiculous. It was...
0: It's almost Jeff that you've got a it's almost that you have a script in front of you here because I was going to talk about Mac Jones. Like, you know, looking at that division, you got Tua in the Dolphins. Rogers now in New York. And Josh Allen and the Bills getting to like different levels now, hopefully, for like, as far as they're concerned. Patriots one was interesting because they go down to 17. They get a guy that had his best season after transferring to Oregon, the cornerback, Christian Gonzalez. And um, sort of size and speed. I think top two, top three, and his position going into this draft. This is a typical... Bill Belichick pick but realistically how much better does it make them when they have to face Rogers twice a season Josh Allen twice a season and now the Dolphins twice a season as well like for me it's just it's a weird one like I sort of thought and we'll we'll, we'll talk about the later rounds maybe in a different podcast but I thought the Patriots would be maybe more moves especially in different offensive positions in this draft also
1: You know, it's interesting because they've always been historically been a team that's going to draft. They're going to trade down to get more draft picks, right? To improve improve their likelihood of hitting. What Mm. was interesting to me, Mike, what the Patriots did is when you look at the Patriots since Brady's gone, he's 25 and 25, right? He's 500 football coach. Now, do I think he's the best coach in football? Yes, I do. But the reality of it is. There's something missing, right? And when you look at that football team, they went heavy on defensive players in the draft. I mean, heavy. Where are the weapons for Mac Jones? Where are the weapons, you know, that they're going to need? Because the days of 1990 and winning NFL football games 13 10 or you know 10 7 or you know even 14 10 those days are over you've got to score you've got to get four touchdowns a game to have a chance to win every week and can the patriots with what they have right now can they do that yeah bill o'brien's gonna have to weave some magic
0: well we'll see let's um it's 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 gonna be a hell of a year man it's it's almost like the the lull after the draft season and it's it's almost like depressing because we, w- we want to start now and um, let's talk about one more player and then we'll both judge the first round and we'll we'll get out of here man Um a lot of Packers fans listen to this show and my say the show PFI and the Jeff Reinbold showed you a podcast here uh, fans in Ireland the UK Europe lot, a lot of Packers fans um who are entering a new realm of reality now this year in, in a positive way Jordan Love coming in Um I wish I was standing beside the Packers fan when they went with Lucas Van Ness at thirteen, only because of you think they would have gave Jordan Love that high end wide receiver like Jackson Smith and Jigba. Like we fought, or I, I certainly thought Jeff that that would be the mantra for them. Now I know it picked up certain offensive players later on in the draft, and we will talk about that whenever we have our overall picture in the next few rounds. And. Um, but for me, it was it was a little bit surprising that they went with Vaness. But you know, this guy is versatile. He's got power, and there's a, there's a reason why he went 13th. Even if it is, in my opinion, I guess um, maybe a little bit high. Am I being unfair to go pack go fans there, Jeff?
1: No, I think I, I, I agree with you, Mike. I think it's a reach. I mean, here's a guy. He's a sophomore. He's really young. That's a positive, and that's a negative, right? It's a positive because he's gonna. You know, you're gonna have him and his prime longer, it's a negative in that he's, he's, you know, he didn't start at Iowa, right? Iowa. And that why Iowa plays great defense. The thing that I liked about him when you looked at him on film was his ability to rush from any place on the field. He could be a five. He could be a wide nine. He could be a three. He could be a zero. He could rush anywhere on the field. He gets to the quarterback now, but again, where are the issues with the Packers? In my mind, they're not on defense as much as they are on offense. Jordan Love needs as much help as he can get. And like you said, Njigba and the whole bunch of receivers that went one, two, three, four, right in a row, were there for the Packers to take.
0: Yeah, and at the time of recording today, Randall Cobb's going to New York. Uh, it's like it's like the Brady bunch in New York at the minute it's like they're turning into the Green Bay Packers let's end this on this Jeff a uh, winner loser from the first round I'll say Will Levis as a loser I felt sorry for him like that was hard to watch at one point that lad should not have been there like, like if you know he was advised to have been there and I, I actually watched a TikTok Jeff you know down and hip with the kids at one point a couple of days after and he was like um if i have an inkling that i'll not be picked in the first round i'll not be there and i was like oh damn well that didn't work out it worked out obviously in day 2 for him but then um, that was hard to watch man like that was hard but to watch
1: it, it reminds it reminded me so much of watching Aaron Rodgers <laughs> slide down like, like that but you know that's that's the risk you run and and you know if you think that everybody's going to tell you the truth when they're like <laughs> they're all telling you the same thing. Oh, we love you. We're going to take you. You're our guy, you know, all that nonsense. So that's just a lesson in how cruel this business can be. And if you don't think the NFL didn't like that, they loved that. They loved it for the ratings. They loved it for the drama. They loved it for the television that it was. And so does, you know, everybody loves to see a car wreck, Mike. (laughs) It's It's just the way it is. So, but I'm happy for the kid that he was able to get to a place where I think, he, you know, Tennessee makes complete sense to me, right? He doesn't have to play right away. He can develop. How many first-round quarterbacks did we have?
0: Oh, my, my, you put me on the spot now. I, I want to say four. Have I got that correct? Hold on. One, two, three. It's been a week, Jeff. I think it's only three. I think, yeah, it's only not Four. No, no, no. Actually, Will Levis yeah. went thirty third. Now you put me on the spot there, mate, in the podcast. I'm gonna, I'm gonna,
1: I'm gonna, I'm gonna puff up and beat my chest. How many did I tell you would go in the first round? Five. <laughs> I'm joking. I said Three, right? Yes, sir. The, the one of them doesn't deserve to be in the first round, right? the The, the reality of it was. It was Bryce Young as CJ Stroud, and you know Richardson was a was a project guy that you know big piece of clay that maybe you can mold him into being a player. Maybe you can, right? Levis had, you know, he's a one trick pony, big arm, but sometimes you know didn't know how to use it. The guy that I think there, I think Levis went to a good spot for him, and I, I think. Hendon Hooker went to a great spot for him. Going to the Lions, where he doesn't have to play right away, heal up that ACL, become the quarterback of the future in Detroit. To me, Hooker saved the Lions draft. It re- he really did. I mean, he, he was, that made so much sense to me.
0: Right, let's re that there, my friend. I, I'm going to get that Jim say viral moment out in social media. I want to thank everyone for listening to Jill Podcast here. Jeff, we'll have like a, a round table look at the whole draft in in the next podcast. Is there any message that you want to convey to people listening to this or are you just chilling?
1: No, just just keep listening to this all through this off season because, you know, as you and I laugh all the time, there is no off season. It just gets better and better each week. We're heading into mini camps and then you know, rookie rookies will get their first little taste in the next little bit, and then they're gonna get off on vacation, and then we're coming back to training camp, and before you know it, Michael, we'll be teeing it up.
0: Oh, that's almost time for Rick Flair. Woo, there for a second. I'll, um, very, very quickly. Yeah, next few like people keep DMing me. This is this is this when you know like you you need to turn your phone off. Finally, Jeff, I've had about eight DMs today. When are the London games? Germany games? I I don't know. I, think I don't it's know. The-
1: what I heard was that those games will be public on the 11th.
0: But you know, the schedule somebody... is definitely on the 11th. I, I, I know for a fact, I, I don't want to get in trouble by saying that, but I know it's definitely the 11th the schedule. I mean, Jeff, me and you have seen the Germany games without giving any teams away. Not bad. Quite impressed.
1: Well, I think they're fantastic. Here's what we need you, me, Sebastian Vollmer, a couple of Bratwurst and some beer, and let's go.
0: I will say for all the Irish people listening, there is a flight, a Lufthansa flight at 9 45 pm from Frankfurt to Dublin on that Sunday. This is, Jeff, forget Munich. This is heaven. We can get there and back like within a day. It's easy. Um, looking forward to that. That's going to be good fun. Uh, I, just to state this podcast, has no affiliation with the NFL. We have no idea what the schedule is and it will all become clear very very soon and when it does i'm sure we'll we'll hop on and we'll we'll talk about it jeff uh on um, jeff underscore reinbold search jeff reinbold's show a uh, big thanks to anyone on proof of ireland that subscribes in a subscription base uh we're on tour all year from september and uh, my wife hates me folks have a lovely day jeff mahalo my friend see, see if travels also uh, all right take care brother thank you